0: And welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. And thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, I'm going back to the regular schedule of two episodes per week next week. Uh, this will be the final installment of the Hollywood st- holiday schedule, not the Hollywood schedule, Jesus. Um, I'm, I got to apologize. I'm starting the year off on kind of a lip note. Uh, this one with John Huck. Uh, great show, great interview, hilarious guy, uh, one of my really close friends. But we had some technical difficulties with his internet shorting in and out. I'm doing the best job I can on the editing, but I, I don't have, uh, so long. I don't have my entire life to dedicate it to the process. So I hope you are patient with the, some of the little pauses. Uh, there's some good stuff in here though. And I really appreciate you guys, uh, con- all the reviews we're getting up to 60 reviews right now or are, are ratings. Please, please go onto iTunes or wherever you're listening and drop us five stars and leave a little comment. It is doing wonders to help the show grow. And you guys are all a huge part of that. Really appreciate it. And here's John Huck. And welcome, everybody. I got my man right here. Um, he is the only one of my friends to ever throw out the first pitch at a minor league baseball game. I, I think. I don't know. Maybe they might have let Beck Bennett do it at some Staten Island game or some shit. But anyway, everybody, please welcome Chicago Zone, John Huck.
1: Oh my god, dude! You had to start out with. <laughs> I think I think it's time. I mean, we might as well release the tape of that with this, right? When this comes out,
0: I mean, that's not a bad idea. It's like, uh, like the uh, this this one's gonna come out in a couple of weeks from when we are recording it. So yeah, we can make we can do a big uh, lead up to that.
1: It's just it's kind of it's it's a little bit of shame that I carry around, you know.
0: I don't think you should, because here's the thing: is you got to stand there and do it. Not many people get to, <laughs> not many people get, so for yeah. like, so a couple of years ago, what was it, like two years ago?
1: I would say it was, yeah, probably two years ago, yeah.
0: So what was it, you were headlining the
1: Brea Improv? No, no, it was it was even, well, oh yeah, okay, I met, I was featuring for like Chris Porter, I think, at the at the Brea Improv, and I had on a, uh, a Reno Aces hat, a minor league hat. And I talked about baseball and the 66ers on stage. I mentioned something. And the guy, there was a guy in line, he goes, Hey, are you really a minor league baseball fan? I go, Yeah, I love baseball, dude. I love minor leagues, great. He goes, Oh, I work for the 66ers. And I was like, "I was like, Oh, wait, no, yeah, it was the 66ers, right? Yeah, it was the Inland Empire 66ers. Yeah. 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 yeah he goes, I work for the 66ers. I go, Oh, man, that's great. He goes, You want some hats? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we kind of kept in.
0: Uh, oh hold on i'm losing you there And he was like
1: hey let me know if you're ever doing brea Am I back
0: yeah you're back you're back
1: okay he said he said let me know if you're ever going to be out like headlining brea or anything and, and i'll come out and see and i was like great so when i had a i had a you know i was headlining on an off night and he goes well do you want to come out and throw out the first pitch like before like a couple days before your show give out some tickets and I was like, dude, what? Yes, of course I wanna do that. Yes. Yeah. I was so I mean it just the idea first of all, like I do like going to minor league games. I like minor league parks, I like the people that go, I like the players. You really have to like baseball to be Oh yeah. Struggle through minor the minor leagues, you know. Um, it's just it's just kind of a culture that I enjoy. And so to be able to go there and throw out the first pitch, to me there was no pressure you know it's like okay if it doesn't go well it doesn't go well you know and it's in my head i'm like it's not like i'm at wrigley and it's yeah. a sold out game and my family's there and everybody i know from <laughs> high school is watching hey,
0: you're not doing it before and, a playoff cubs playoff game like
1: exactly exactly it would be like really low key and in my head i was like yeah that's awesome you know and if, there was no doubt like on kind of not as a joke but like just to throw a baseball me and you went out and played catch yeah so
0: yeah this was back when i still lived in hollywood and john and i lived down the street from each other and so we went down to the local park and played catch for a little while to, and I and what was what was my advice i was like aim it high cuz you're going to want you're naturally going to just kind of throw it into the ground so you're going to want to like almost aim it over the catcher
1: well what i think the problem might have <laughs> been was that when we were Playing catch, we were just both on the same level.
0: Yeah, you weren't on a mound.
1: The mound is something I haven't... like. Even when I played softball as as little as five years ago, there's no mound. No. There's no mounds. So the mound, I haven't dealt with a pitcher's mound since I was 14. Yeah. So we played catch, and that was fun, but that did nothing to get me prepared to throw a first it just hit. made
0: sure you didn't pop a ligament in your elbow
1: <laughs> yeah that's exactly it was like more to make sure that i didn't have a cramp or start crying or <laughs> yeah or like my shoulder gets thrown out of joint you know it was and then they sent you know we went out there with there was a high school kid out there with me doing it for another reason you know he was there to do it and i was two people throwing out first pitches kid got it right over the plate yeah but i mean you
0: expect that's like the college kids on uh jeopardy yeah where it's like dude you expect them to do good like they're they're training for this every day
1: yeah you just read a book it's been a while for me yeah exactly exactly but like so
0: you so yeah you and i uh head from hollywood out to san bernardino where the inland empire 66ers play and it was a fun little road trip where like John's a big road rage guy, so the slightest bit of traffic, he's screaming at everybody on the freeway. For, I'm for, better now. I'm for better like, than for like, it's like, and it's a fifty mile trip, so for fifty miles yeah. straight in traffic, John's screaming was, at everybody on the plane. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but I
1: see that's what, what's funny is like I don't, I never remember. I, I never remember car rides that way, but but most people who ride with me are like, oh, yeah. So he was yelling at people for an hour. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm sure in my head, I'm sure those people had it coming. like yeah. They were probably fucking morons.
0: And I had my weed vape pants. So I was just getting high laughing the whole time. Um, yeah. But so, no, here. So then we get out there, and here's the cool part because they, the media, the guy that you're point man over there, they yeah. really rolled out the red carpet for us.
1: They were very cool. They were very cool, yeah it was fun and
0: so they they give us like uh press box passes and the first like the home plate first row like the two seats directly behind home plate in the first row they gave us those two and the press box so we hung out in the press box where they had the little snacks and stuff set up before the game and we meet none other than so i'm a big angels fan and former angels manager jim passed away a few years ago, but his son is a scout for the Kansas City Royals, Jim Fergosi Jr., and we got to hang out with him in the press box.
1: That's why I'm glad you were there, dude, because none of that would have rang a bell for me. Like, I didn't follow the Angels growing up. Now that you stay, Jim Fergosi, when you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, his number's retired at Angels Yeah, he City. also
0: managed the Phillies, too. Yeah.
1: Ah, okay. That's probably where I would have heard of him, just because then he's coming in and out of Chicago more. Yeah. In- he did that, but um, yeah. So, dude, I, you you pointed. You are like, do you know who that is? And I am like, no. And you are like, that's Jim Fergusy Jr. And I am like, what? And he was super nice, dude. He yeah. was like, he said he was there looking at the center fielder,
0: the Brandon Marsh, like, who's uh, I think he got his major league debut this year for the Angels. So he was, oh, no kidding, yeah.
1: Oh, good for him, man. That's awesome. Because the Sixty Sixers oh,
0: yeah. are an Angels single A team, so it was a couple of Angels. Pro- and I was kind of bummed on that one because uh, um. What dude? Like, did you did you hear that beep that just went off? Hardcore. Mm-mm. Okay, that was just me. That was no. just on my end. Uh, I I got a text and I forgot I have my iMessage set up through my computer. So it, oh yeah, did a little like bing. But um <laughs> no so um yeah Joe Adele though the top Angels prospect literally got called up that day. So as we're on our way out there, he's getting sent to Double A, and I'm like, oh, I thought I was gonna get a chance to see this kid play. <laughs> oh wow, <man. laughs> and that was that's kind cool. that's kind of a bummer. But for like full on, like kind of gives us like a lot of insight into the whole scouting process and everything.
1: He talked, he talked, he talked about it, and then when I was, I told him, I was like, "Look, man, I'm going out." Like, you know, and 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 granted, we're joking around. It, yeah. Time. He know he
0: knows you're a comedian that's there to promote well, yeah, a gig. I, at I'm a, there to promote pers-
1: giving out tickets for a show, right? Yeah. He, but in my head, I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna go out there." And give it a good whipping right over the plate. You know, it'll it'll look it'll look tight. You know, and I go so, but I was like, yeah, you should you should check me out if you guys if Kansas City's looking for pitching, you might wanna you might wanna just peep this. You know, yeah. And obviously, like I said, we're joking around, we're laughing. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna whip this thing over the plate. Like, yeah,
0: I'm fire. I'm
1: very very confident at that point. Like I'm like, yeah, cool. See.
0: So here's how I would play it because I'm really pathetic. I'm like, Hey, I might have a shot at playing some double a ball if I really play this first pitch. Right. So I'm not going to, but I'm not going to try and just fire like a 90 mile an hour fastball in there. No, cause I'm 41 years old. I'm not making the minor leagues on a fastball. I'm no. making it on a knuckleball. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can just throw a floatiest of floaty knuckleballs if you throw it for first pitch and just, Make that thing move and dance up the to the catch, plate. The is confused. Completely yeah. juke the catcher out. And that's a, that's a professional catcher they got back there for you, usually. So, so I well, mean, Most
1: of those guys don't catch a lot of knuckleballs. No, that's no, no. A you gotta, that's a specialized. But
0: no, I would tell the guy before, I'm going to throw a knuckler here, so go get the bigger <sighs> glove. <laughs> and
1: he would go, uh huh, okay, guy, whatever.
0: Yeah. And then I'd drop that, that Tom Candiotti special right down the pipe. It just.
1: <laughs> Can you throw a knuckleball?
0: A little bit. Me and Decker tried to get into it a few years ago because we were like, dude, that's, if we're ever going to play any kind of pro ball, it's what only going to be his knuckleball. What knuckle are you ball. talking about?
1: <laughs> you and Decker, you're not going to play. <laughs> hey, if we're going to get into the pros, guy, it's going to be with the knuckleball. Let's go practice. No,
0: I told Justin. I was like, there's no way I could. Like, if you throw it, you can, might get there. I'm all, here's the problem with that. If you throw a knuckleball, you got to be good at fielding. Like Tim Wakefield threw a knuckleball for years. But he was like a legit gold glove caliber fielder.
1: Because they're coming back. Because they're
0: coming back at you pretty yeah. good. So if you can't handle that part of the game, you're not going to be a very good knuckleball pitcher. I
1: I guess I get confused when I see a pitcher who's not a good fielder. Does that, I, I, I don't know why, but like when I see that John Lester can't throw. Yeah, when he, he can't throw from just mount to first base, <laughs> I'm like, that's like seeing a, like a, a guy who kicks field goals miss a field goal. You're like, dude.
0: The dude All can paint the black is, from from the pitcher's round to home plate, he can paint the black at ninety three, but you ask him right. to lob it over to first yeah. and he completely loses the ability to do anything.
1: In my head I was like, Why doesn't Anthony Rizzo squat down like a catcher? And then just like <laughs> yeah, just fire me a whip it, whip it at him as fast as he can. Give me a changeup, dude. <laughs> Something, dude. I don't know, man. I just that always boggled my mind. But yeah, so Virgosi was very cool and then I went out there. We walked out there, what, we went out with the the mascot guy?
0: Yeah, yeah, the... the,
1: They They have two mascots, right? It was like a mechanic dude with a big head, and then like...
0: It was like a piston, like a giant piston, I think it was, or like an exhaust pipe or some shit.
1: Oh, I thought it was like a gritty, like just a red, floppy, I can't remember, it kind of smelled. Because after I went, <laughs> he hugged me and he said that was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh, nice. Okay. He really said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. He goes, oh my god. He was laughing. He goes, oh my god, that's the worst. Split up. But in my head, I'm like, wait, dude, aren't you the? But he's got a big. No one can see what he's dude, saying. First off,
0: it wasn't that bad. Like, as a guy, as a connoisseur of dude, bad first whoa. pitches. <laughs>
1: Companies, this people are gonna go, dude.
0: Ugh. I'll tell you what the the worst first pitch I've ever seen. Remember when uh, gold medal Olympian uh Carl Lewis tried to throw out the first pitch? Or,
1: well, Fifty Cent. I mean, yeah,
0: like I mean, here's the thing: Carl Lewis is considered to be at the time was considered to be the best athlete on the planet, and the dude literally gave the worst. I understand he's not a he's not a ball player, but man. You should be you should be coordinated enough to throw it somewhere in a reasonable direction and aim it like towards the plate at least. Like I think I think <laughs> I want to say he that, threw it behind him.
1: <laughs> but I think that speaks to how different sports are different. Like you use different parts of your body, and like just because Carl Lewis, you know, like Bo Jackson, people like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, that is like an insanely that's a far more impressive skill than I think a lot of people might understand be able to be that able to be that good at two professional sports like that that's insane
0: you know there's a long like i was going over like two sport guys that you don't even think about but like okay tom glavin was drafted by the la kings in hockey he was a dope hockey player yeah
1: well, I know Elway could have played baseball.
0: Tom Glavin was drafted by the Kings in the same draft that they drafted Luke Robitaille, and they drafted him like two rounds before they drafted the Hall of Famer Luke Robitaille.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't Glavin just ret- – like, what didn't he just – something happened with him.
0: He's in the Hall of Fame. He just got in the Hall of Fame like a year or two ago,
1: I think it okay. was.
0: But, yeah, like that's one of those crazy ones where I was like, wow, like – the Kings drafted two Hall of Famers in one draft. One just happened to be a baseball player.
1: <laughs> I never understood that because, I mean, when you think about how just like the college life for a college athlete is so intense to be able to, like, work two sports into all that. It's like.
0: Well, you know, there's a move. Like, you see, like, Kyler Murray in the NFL now, he did this where, but like, or he tried to do it, but. There's some guys that like, OK, if you pay your own way, like like some guys will sign a baseball contract out of high school, play minor league baseball oh. in the summer and then play college basketball or football during the school year if they get the clearance from the big club. So, like, really, I remember UCLA years ago uh, had two defensive backs, Ricky Manny Jr. and Matt Ware uh, both played in the NFL for a little bit, but both were in the Seattle Mariners out- organization as outfielders. And they would play short season minor league ball, and then go play like they would play like the the sixty game schedule, the single AC sixty game season or whatever.
1: Wow, you'd think the clubs wouldn't want them doing that. They didn't want, them, want like, them
0: playing pro football, yeah. Well, they didn't yeah, get, you get they didn't get that big a signing bonuses or whatever. But it's like I don't know. Back then, it was like especially in baseball, it was just like get the best athletes you can, and if you can get them to stick with it, it's like how yeah. Russell uh, Wilson from the Seahawks. How he's on the Yankees now, I think. Where he was on the Texas Rangers, and then they traded him to the Yankees. But like he was a dope second baseman, and so now he just shows up in spring training in his off season for football, plays like four innings in spring training, signs some autographs, hangs out, takes some batting practice, and he you Does know he really yeah 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 he didn't do it this year That's obviously really? with COVID, but oh, he he's done God. it the last couple of spring trainings before that where he goes I didn't
1: know that dude yeah dude. So he's somehow, he's actually, but he doesn't take any money out of the organization.
0: I, th- I mean, no, because he's not like actually playing during the, like, he got a signing bonus from the Rangers, I think when he originally signed a pro baseball contract, but he's not getting,
1: cause he's not playing
0: minor league games. So he's not getting a minor league salary.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So it's not like okay.
0: No, it's totally just like a like a ceremonial like yeah, figurehead he type. He enjoys
1: it and he can, so and yeah. why not? And the spring training is the perfect place for that kind of stuff. I a mean, minor league I mean.
0: Yeah, it's like have him have him play like in a garbage B game somewhere where normally you wouldn't sell tickets to that game, but now you are because you have the, the an NFL MVP that I love playing.
1: That. Dude, remember when uh, Manny Ramirez uh had to go down to the minors? and he played for the isotopes
0: yeah with the albuquerque Isotopes.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh like a baseball team literally named after a simpsons baseball team yeah um but like th- those games were sold out like pe- people were like clamoring to get you know what i mean it's like i think that's awesome when like a guy comes down and then like, everybody shows up at a game it gives those players or usually play for nobody. Or the like,
0: granddaddy of minor league baseball players, Michael Jordan. Imagine going to see dude, him play in a, dude, everybody in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> did you
1: get tickets, dude! You couldn't get tickets, and he wasn't. I mean, he's all right. He was okay. He was. You know what I mean, honestly,
0: for a guy who hadn't played since high school, he did a lot better than he should have. Yeah. Sure, but I believe also the catchers were straight up telling him what pitch was coming down the plate. <laughs> it's like, hey, man. I'll help you try to get as many hits as possible. Sign some shit for me after the game. <laughs> yeah, sign some shit
1: for me and get more, seat, get more asses in the seats because that's as fun this way. You yeah. know? Terry Francona
0: uh, was his manager in the minors.
1: Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. I think I did know that because I've seen that documentary. The documentary, yeah. That's the bus or whatever.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. But Decker, go back to Decker, dude. He and I actually had an idea for the Bo Jackson Hall of Fame of two sport guys. But like Ooh. the guys that aren't quite, like Tom Glavin. I guess, wouldn't necessarily be a good choice because he is a baseball Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, we're, we're guys who didn't get into a Hall of, of Fame. fame
0: but... but, like, we're able to play multiple for like a Charlie Ward, where he won a Heisman at Florida State in a national championship and then had some good years for the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, man, I mean, what, I guess, I guess the thing is that you have the the levels. This it's so different because like Bo Jackson and Dion and Sanders. That was just like a like Bo Jackson's another level. Well, Bo Jackson
0: com, is like a different level than all. Because Dion even like Dion was. Don't get me wrong. He's a Hall of Fame football player. Dion was an average at best baseball player. He but, just he was a good guy to have on your bench with speed to come in and be a pinch runner in a playoff game and steal a base.
1: But but he's he's average among the best players that there are. Yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? Yeah, like. It's like, and and like you said, he's his skills are speed was definitely something he brought to the table. So, yeah, man, throw him on first base every time you have a runner, and like, yeah, like like, he's your late
0: late inning defensive replacement in center field because he's going to run everything down in the gap.
1: Exactly, exactly. Even if he doesn't catch it, he's going to get close to it, and it's not going to get by him.
0: Well, and I think if he would not have played football and just focused on baseball, he could have been a dope everyday leadoff hitter. Like,
1: like that's the other thing. Your 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 focus is all. I mean.
0: I love how Ricky Henderson always says he could have been a – he was a defensive back in high school, and he could have been – he was better than Ronnie Lott, he said. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, Ricky Henderson is one of those guys that I assume – he's like um, – I assume that any, anything he wants to do in his mind, he just can just do. You know what I mean? There's not. I don't think there's a lot that holds Ricky Henderson back. Like, I think if he really wanted to go play football back then, he could have probably been – Really I, a couple of
0: months ago, I read a fascinating article about him where he owns a few houses in Oakland and rents them out to, like, Berkeley college kids or just whoever, like, like people that need a cheap place to live. Ricky's oh. your landlord. Dude, that
1: would be awesome. <laughs> okay. That would be awesome.
0: But I, the, some guy wrote this essay kind of piece for, I forget what it was. It was, like, I think it was, like, for BuzzFeed or some shit. But it was about living in Ricky's house in Oakland for a year and how the this house particularly... Had a bar that was built in like the 1960s in the basement. It was like a speakeasy that someone built, but it would still had like OG, like shiny red vinyl seats in there. Yeah. And so these guys were like, he said, like we were like 22, 23, and we rented this house from Ricky Henderson that had a bar built in, and we were suddenly the coolest guys in Oakland, throwing the best parties. And
1: and Ricky Henderson was probably there.
0: Yeah, Ricky Henderson's out there hanging out because I, hear, I've heard uh, truth from people I know from Oakland. He drives. He would drive around. Drive around in a Cadillac, throwing twenty dollar bills out the window to people, just because it's like I'm Ricky. Here you go, guys. <laughs>
1: Dude, I mean, there, there. You don't just name your stadium after a baseball player if that baseball player is not still active somehow in the community.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, like if
1: Ricky Henderson had moved to Wyoming and become a cattle herder. They wouldn't. We wouldn't be seeing Ricky Henderson Stadium. Can you
0: imagine him talking to the cattle about himself in the third person? Yes, I can <laughs> actually.
1: I can. And the cattle being like, "Dude, just put a bullet in my head already!" All so right. Where's the? They're They're running to the slaughterhouse. Like, come on!
0: All right. So I usually tie these episodes into Vegas somehow, where I'm living yes, now, as but... you know. Um, like yeah. I was telling you right before we started recording. Like, the main reason why I started doing this show is like. People kept asking me, how's Vegas right now? How's Vegas right now? How's Vegas right now? And I'm finally like, fuck it. I'll just start a podcast. Hey, listen to my fucking show where I explain how Vegas is right now. This
1: is how Vegas is right now. Yeah,
0: it's basically this. It's sitting at home looking like an asshole because there's really nothing to do. I mean, well, some stuff's open, but I'm not I am not playing that lottery with my life.
1: I was going to say, like, because they're still... I haven't seen one in a while, but they're advertising... like Vegas is advertising... Little sure, b- that kind of thing, you know? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh. I can
0: hear you. I just got a little. Sometimes it'll do a little bump, kind of. That's oh. all right. I'll edit it um, out. I say I'll edit that out, but then I won't. <laughs> and
1: and people who listen don't give a shit. No, I, they um, don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I was, I was saying like those commercials that I'm seeing in LA that I haven't seen for a while, but it was like Vegas is like we're open when you're ready. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, dude, if I'm going to venture out and take risks, it's not going to be... What's funny is
0: Vegas, Nevada had some of the best numbers in the country until June when they opened the casinos back up, and then everybody from California and Arizona came here and like, it spread it all over the place. Like,
1: that. <laughs> that is... I mean, yeah, of course, You're let, that's Vegas' number one thing is tourists. Yeah, it's especially
0: like, Californian, nor, Southern Californians, Northern Arizonans that just want to get away for a minute, bam.
1: And then, and, and then people for, who come in from Montana and wherever who then get it from some asshole from L.A. who then take it back with them out there. Who,
0: All right, you know it's uh, who a lot of the tourists are too? The, uh, you'd be surprised? Mormon tourists, Mormon Utah Mormons.
1: Are we talking um, Rum Springer, or are we talking like they're like why would no. they talk Mormons?
0: dude, they gamble.
1: That's not a sin.
0: That's uh, not a sin. Apparently, that's why, dude. That <laughs> I if, you, if you see how they have up. like, like that's when, a
1: sin, that's not a sin. That's a sin. That's not a. Sin.
0: If you see like the no smoking, no drinking tables at some places, you'll see them occasionally here and there. Those are what for is- the Mormons.
1: Wow. Well, there must be enough of them if Vegas is putting out special tables. Yeah, that tells you that they there's enough of them and they spend money.
0: Yeah. Well, because also they all have their little family businesses and they have 15 kids that work for them for cheap labor. So they like, they, just,
1: just they overhead for anything. Dude, trust geez? me, Mormons have
0: capitalism dialed in, man. <laughs> like, That's
1: crazy. I would not have. I don't know if I would have guessed.
0: And dude, like this goes back to like the Howard Hughes days. Where he had, like, all the dudes he had working for him, like, when he took over the Sands Hotel or whatever, which one it was, where he took it over from the mafia, like, basically just bought it for the mafia with a blank check. (laughs) Like, because he was staying there so long, they're like, hey, we need to get rid of you so we can bring our high rollers back to this floor. He's like, fuck you, I'm buying it.
1: Your fingernails are too long. Get out of here.
0: Dude, and, yeah, so he had, like, his Mormon mafia that, like, teamed up with him and stuff. But, okay, so, yeah. so here, since you're from Chicago, I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm
1: from the Burbs. I'm from the suburbs. The suburbs. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm, just, you meet somebody from Chicago. They're like, where you're from? But I said from Chicago. They go, where? And I go, Warrenville. bill. They go, get the fuck out of here. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> so you're from Illinois. Yes. So, um, and Illinois, the Chicago area is famous for its cuisine, like deep dish pizza, um. I personally am a big fan of the Italian beef sandwich.
1: Fuck yeah! That's
0: that's probably my favorite. But then you also got like, well, I have like as deep dishes. Popular it is. I'm more of a thin crust tavern style guy.
1: Dude, cut it in squares, thin that shit out. Love okay, it. That's, the, that's the best pizza. So
0: I want to tell you about some of my favorite Vegas because Chicago has a huge influence here. Did you know this?
1: Um. Well, mafia. Mafia. I
0: mean, exactly. The yeah. Chicago mob helped build this town. And so there's a lot of cool little, like, Chicago-style eateries. Like, like right down the street from me, there's a uh, Windy City Beef and Dogs. And you better believe they got Chicago-style hot dogs, Italian beef sandwiches, and they got Thin Crust Tavern-style. Oh, yeah. Dude. I think you would really like this place. It's got, oh, like, oh, it's got yeah, like, yeah, like, old yeah. Cubs-themed sports, pa- like, sports pages, like, collage the on the wall. Head. little bump
1: yeah. back.
0: you're back you're back i think so
1: did i ever have
0: oh you're coming in now i got you you're good
1: okay um okay the only so i was saying my internet is unstable i don't know um the only problem I have with like, I love those places, those kinds of places you described with the Chicago articles on the wall and all that stuff. And like the yeah. beefs. But if I go there and I am accidentally wearing like a Cubs hat, it gets hard. You can't get your food. If it's crowded, people are like, Oh, where are you from? Where are you from? And you start literally running into people from Chicago and they all, oh, they, and you just, it's just like, say you're from oh, Iowa. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm like, one time I was like, it's just a hat. And then I just kind of ran away. Cause I was trying, to, <laughs> I was so hungry just wanted to eat, and this guy would not stop talking to me, so I was like that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I, that place you just described, dude, Italian beefs and thin, a <sighs> thousand pounds, I would.
0: <laughs> I, like, it popped it out like for just a second like- there, but that was perfect. It worked perfect oh <laughs> no but like dude yeah italian beefs like I, I i get them hot and uh wet uh
1: yeah dipped all the way dipped right
0: yeah 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 like the the soaked or whatever yeah
1: yeah um it was so funny we my wife and um her her mom were in illinois like before we got married or whatever and my my mom we usually get portillos or like um my mom likes this place buena beef so it's like you got trays, just trays of Italian beef, you know, for like catering or whatever. And um, all these old ladies are standing around my mom's kitchen. And and my my wife, her family is like Italian. They're part Italian, you know? Uh-huh. And, and somebody goes, oh, we're having Italian beefs. And my mother-in-law goes, Italian beefs? And they go, you've never heard of Italian beefs? And she's <laughs> like, in her head, she's like, I'm fucking Italian. I've never heard of Italian beefs. And it's such a... It's like it's just like roast beef, but it's seasoned. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not like Italian seasoning is really what. It is. It's basically just season. It's
0: it's basically like an Italian like Italian seasoning on roast beef, and you eat it like a French dip on a on a Italian bread with jardiner. Yeah, the key so, is the jardiner.
1: Yes and no. I I like it now, but back in the day, I never put it on.
0: Really yeah that's what got oh, me yeah. hooked on my first one that i ever had i was like oh i can eat these forever because of the jar and i know i, I know make my own jardiner at home
1: crocker. now oh my god god you're like a real fucking betty crocker <laughs> yeah, Well,
0: it's also, like, dude i'm I, it's a quarantine in the middle of the fu- I, mean, I live in the middle yeah, of a fucking I desert <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like i use sand and i make it um no that's that's awesome i mean the thing is now I could I could eat that stuff and really enjoy it, you know. But, but back in the day I didn't need it. I just literally I didn't even have cheese or anything. Just give me the Italian beef, the roll, dip it, and I'll like literally eat it like uh, a conehead eats a subway. I soup. really like
0: doing a, like the roasted green pepper, the jardinere, and then soaked in the au jus sauce. Like that's, that's so good. Really oh. jus. And that's okay. So I read about the history of the Italian beef. And, uh, I guess it was some like dude who had a hot dog cart in uh, like the Italian old, old timey Italian neighborhood of Chicago. And he got like a cheap, like, like a top round of beef. And he's like, fuck, I don't know what to do with this, but he's like, it's so cheap. I got to do something. So he fucking like seasoned it up or whatever. And then like sliced it and then started making sandwiches And peep- and all of a sudden, there was like a line around the block for these sandwiches. And it's then he's delicious. like, fuck hot dogs. I'm going to sell fucking beef sandwiches.
1: If and- you, it depends on what, what you can get cheaper, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And, and if if it's in demand, I mean, at that point, people had had the hot dog. They were like, we've had hot dogs. Yeah, I know what a fucking hot dog is. But I, when I go to Portillo's or when I go to those places when I'm back home I, and I see people just having a hot dog, I'm like, dude, you're not getting a beef? You're not yeah. getting a beef. How are you not getting a beef?
0: Then you have the combo where they put the Italian sausage on with the the Italian beef. <laughs>
1: that's that's real good too. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all.
0: You, you know what? Like, because I feel like the Philly cheesesteak, it gets way too much run. Where the Chicago Italian beef is just as good, if not better.
1: I prefer it. I don't have a a big problem. If, if, if it, the Philly Cheesesteak is done well, you know, there's this place, the Philly Steak Depot, um in Hollywood. I used to like
0: that. Yeah, I used to go there. I know that one. Yeah. I, I like booze in Silver Lake there. And there's one in Koreatown too. Oh, you gotta order booze. It's right there, um like you know where Akbar is? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's like right there at Fountain and uh, Virgil. It's like on oh, that okay. intersection right there. Right Be- like so oh, just see,
1: that's right over by where you used to live, kinda. Of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: like right behind where the McDonald's and Del Taco and all that shit is just down the street from that kind of, but yeah, that what
1: are you calling it? Booze,
0: B O O apostrophe S, like boo, uh,
1: like
0: <laughs> boo, my boo, like my boo has a has a steak sandwich spot, but they also have a location on Wilshire in Koreatown over by um, HMS Bounty. I'm losing him again. Oh, no
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's right now, if I'm gonna eat food, my back.
0: Yep. You're back. My back.
1: Okay. <clears> that might be something to order. You know, I've been doing a lot of takeout.
0: Yeah, dude. They have a uh, good cheese fries too. Where you get the cheese with. But like, uh, <laughs> welcome to two fat guys talking about food. With Scott Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if I've I, if you're, if I've gained twenty five. Not, i'd be lying if i say, said i haven't gained 25 pounds during dude, this your,
1: your twitter feed makes it sound like your job of the hut dude i mean i'm
0: getting there dude i'll be there before i'll be there by sometime next spring
1: you and your girlfriend have opposite um social media feeds like, <laughs> yeah she's, she's like, losing weight I'm, biking, going... I'm hiking i'm going out i'm i'm eating right and then i'm i'm seeing your Feed and i'm like God, are they still together what's happening well see because
0: i she because she's been on unemployment because her the convention center's been shut down where she's working and so i have my, my job still going so i go to work all day and then she's got time to go biking and hiking and all the fun stuff and then when i get home i just want to gamble on sports do the show I, I do this show when i get home you know i got i got a full plate you know
1: that's good though right having this like doing this it's like
0: Oh, I love it, man, because it's like, yeah. like I said earlier. Like, first off, everybody kept asking me how Vegas was, and I, I, was like, well, I gotta come up with a clever way of showing them how it is. But like, I, like, I haven't seen you like talk since like the my going away party, or it wasn't even a going away party. The comedy garage show at Rafa's, where we, we drank oh, a couple. Yeah. Of sh- yeah, where we, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the last time I've seen you. I, or, yeah, because you haven't. I haven't seen you since in town. So yeah, since I moved. But yeah, dude. So it's like i get to catch up with everybody we have fun like uh we get to like dream of a day where everything's not
1: (laughs) it's coming dude there's a light there's a light
0: i see it yeah man like i started investing in a um real uh medical real estate stocks
1: that's probably a good idea although i don't know what the hell that is it's a medical real estate it's a real
0: estate uh it's a well it's it's a real estate, um, you don't know what it is. Trust. trust. It's a, like a, it's a, it's like a mutual fund type thing.
1: Okay. It's
0: a, so it's an index fund. And then like this company buys up medical like spaces and like, like medical offices all over and leases them out. And I have a feeling that with a inflammation of a vaccine, all of a sudden there's going to be a lot of like, ter- like, a like, you know how H uh, R N R HR and block will have a storefront that sets up just for tax season. I have a feeling yeah. we're going to see a lot of that during the vaccine
1: and strip malls and stuff just yep. like popping up like,
0: yep. F- overnight little, uh, vaccine centers and
1: that's probably smart dude.
0: And there's a good percentage on uh dividends because real estate funds like the such as this one, um, they're locked into, uh, having at least 5% of the money going back. To, like, so like the money has to all go back to the investors. So you're usually almost guaranteed around a five percent dividend rate,
1: dude. You're so you're so funny. Like you talk about numbers and, and things. <laughs> and like, I, it's like I nod when you said when you said uh, index. I'm like, eh. what the fuck is this guy talking? I, I honestly, dude, like I, I I appreciate the knowledge, but I'm so. I mean, this is probably why I'm, you know, poor. <laughs> but I'm just like a. It's like a financial fucking moron. See, no, I'm poor I'm poor.
0: I'm not a financial moron. I'm a, I'm poor I'm just I'm just smart enough to know why I'm poor. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I mean I know I know why technically it's because back in the day when I had a good job that made money I saved nothing. That's why.
0: I mean that's, you know? that's usually technically, how
1: it goes. I, ha- I, I had I had a foundation but I pissed it away, you know. Ah Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, gross, dude.
0: Nah, like, uh, on, I, dude, guy. it was a long day at work, and then I got to do overtime next couple of days and all next week, so I'm living off caffeine. For, oh, yeah,
1: you're going to get that, that sweet O. That sweet, sweet Yeah,
0: Yes, I get to stay longer, <laughs> yeah, and they throw me slightly. <laughs> get to stay a lot longer, and then they give you a little bit more just to be like, hey, thanks for staying longer. It's great how capitalism works.
1: What? What? It- what are you doing now?
0: I work for a, um. Well, I'm not going to name them because they're not paying me to advertise for them. But I work in the cannabis business. Either. <laughs> oh yes, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I work for a weed company.
1: You yeah, know, that's how, how come they uh, won't sponsor this?
0: I. It's not that they won't. I mean, I haven't quite you know approached it. Right, I guess yet, but Court. I have a. I try Court not to the promote.
1: President of the company. In the bathroom.
0: I, I've already promoted Windy City Beef and Dogs on here for free this episode. I don't need to be promoting anything else for free. <laughs> Although, but but see if they get wind of that,
1: then they're going to be like, "Here's coupons." Yeah, and I mean, mean Windy City Beef and Dogs, and also, like, I
0: don't want some rogue asshole listener finding out exactly where I work and then being like. I'm gonna set my, the rest of my life yeah, to getting no. this guy fired, because <laughs> those people are out there.
1: Dude, I know it's.
0: I couldn't imagine like trying to get I someone guess, else correct. fired, like being like, "Hey, I went to some place like."
1: I, I I just don't like,
0: especially like off a tweet. Time
1: out of the day. Oh man. Uh.
0: Yo, yo, yo. You're,
1: you're an empty you're an empty person I think
0: I lost oh, you for God. a second there, there again Nope. Yep. Hello. How about now? You're good. You're, I got you. I got you. You're back. Is that better? Yep. <laughs> like, okay. I got to describe this for the people listening, but it's John walking around his pad. Like looking out the window, it's like like, you know, like now I'm
1: now I'm now I'm posing on the bed. Now you're posing on
0: the bed, like it's a we're about to do a, a sexy photo shoot. Like, that was a wild, that was a wild uh, little few seconds there. Um,
1: tasteful nudes, tasteful nudes. No, I
0: was gonna say I'm gonna I post the video for this on, sometimes on Patreon, but I might have to start at OnlyFans in this situation. <laughs>
1: this is too horny for just really good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry Patreon people but uh, this is a little bit too horned out for everybody.
1: <laughs> but what I was what I was saying was um if you're a person that like would like read a tweet and then try to get somebody fired like you're what's going on inside like
0: yeah well, like you're just an empty vessel oh. of mediocrity like <laughs>
1: yeah you're I feel like you've never tried to do anything if that's your deal, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, like, uh, there's nothing someone can tweet that would like offend me that much. I, I've had people come at me for tweets, like, you know, and I, I, I deleted them because some friends asked me to, cause I was freelancing, you know, I do freelance stuff for them and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to piss up that rope. And, but like at the same yeah. time, it's like, Hey, fuck this jag off. Like, and it, here's the thing What pissed me off Was the dude that Fucking got offended Doesn't even follow me Or didn't follow me at the time So it's like Like what are you doing Like fucking like Stalking me Just then, to, waiting for me To fuck it, up
1: Don't look I don't get it I just don't get it Yeah just like, block me Like
0: I don't give a fuck
1: If you're If you're not As I think as long as You're not like Demanding violence On people Yeah Or You, you know what I mean Like it, it's like Cause you're talking About jokes yeah, I that's the like thing. Jokes. And and whether I think they're fucking good or not is not the issue. Nope. The issue is like who cares?
0: Yeah, if a joke if you don't like a joke or you think someone's got poor taste in humor, Fine. you, you can like you a can li- there's a, literally a block button. There's a mute button. There's they give you a wide variety of options to avoid this person. Like
1: and the fact that that's needed, that you can't just avoid the person on your own. Yeah. To, that, like we have to set up things. In place well,
0: I'm not like, going to lie. Twitter now has kind of fucked with their algorithm because half the tweets in my feed now, it seems like, are from idiots I don't follow that are just like popular blue check marks that other people are sucking their clits on or whatever. Like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should retweet Rex Chapman.
0: <laughs> yeah, that guy's not getting enough run right now, dude. That guy's gotten more out of a fucking handful of '90s three pointers than anybody else, dude. <laughs> dude, I
1: didn't, I didn't even know he played basketball until I like looked into who he was. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he was on really like the
0: Miami be... Heat and shit back then, dude. Like, you don't see Dale Ellis fucking getting run on the, knocking down jumpers for the Seattle SuperSonics. You don't I'm see,
1: say. That must be some like really obscure basketball reference.
0: Yeah, dude, you don't see Kendall Gill out there. Fucking, uh, I am trying to. I am trying to think of a really Gill. obscure nineties deadlift shrimp. Yeah, t- yeah, deadlift shrimp is out here running flat top academies, <laughs> barber <Flat> school. <laughs> dude,
1: flat tops, man.
0: I think flat tops is kind. Of, I, that's one thing from the early nineties I'd like to see come back is the black dude. Uh, flat top look i think um you know a lot of black yeah. dudes started going with the cornrows instead i felt like in the flat top man that's, that's do you strong
1: remember, do you remember spike haircuts
0: oh like spiky hair
1: like i have a spike i'm getting a spike yeah yeah
0: which one was that I I'm, I'm
1: talking about. it was like well it's like you know your hair spiked up but it's like you know you gotta it's
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like the spike, yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah. The but like, but like,
1: the guy that like between...
0: the guy that had that haircut was the guy when he had a hat on was trying to look like Fred Durst.
1: Kind of. I'm just thinking like we <laughs> called it a spike haircut, but it was like really, it was like just a longer version of a flat top. Okay. I guess. But I went, I was like, I wanted, I had regular hair. My mom cut my hair when I was a kid and I wanted a spike haircut because I thought it looked cool. But my hair is way too fucking thin to like get to stand up, you know, uh-huh. what I mean? no matter how short you cut it. So I was like, I don't care. I want a spike haircut. And my mom was like, well, I, I don't know how to do that. So your dad's going to take you to get a haircut. And my dad took me down the street to a barber, like an old man barber like an old man like he was like a hundred and he was like what do you want and i was like i want a spike haircut he goes "What?" i'm like i want a spike haircut and this dude just proceeded to give me a flat top just short just a fucking i went home and my mom could not stop laughing at me (laughs) because she said because like my forehead was so big at the time like she was like my, she goes, you just looked surprised all the time. <laughs> Cause when, cause I was like, oh, I was like, fucking hair was all back and shit. But yeah, that was the only time. That's thinking about spike haircuts. I tops. remember, Sorry. like, when
0: I was younger, I, I wanted the Tony Hawk haircut, but my hair is way too curly, so it's just like this weird bushy mess that doesn't even want to part, and it's just awful. <gasps> and you know, Dude, and I, I should have just leaned. I should have just leaned into like like uh richard like i looked more like richard klein from uh three's company larry <laughs> like i had like that poofy kind of
1: no, uh it's not his name is not richard klein wasn't it a... oh. oh man
0: i lost you again but you're going to be right back and then we'll figure it out i promise There you go. You're back. Ah,
1: I'm (laughs)
0: back. No, I thought it was Richard Klein, the guy that played Larry. I thought that was his
1: name. Uh, Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just thinking of um, uh, the comedian.
0: He's also in the Barry Levinson film uh, Liberty Heights. Have you ever seen that?
1: No. Wow. What a fucking deep cut, though. With uh,
0: Joe Montana and uh, um, Adrian Brody and Ben Foster. It's like a character actor Whoa. clinic, bro. <laughs> like,
1: Dude, and speaking of Joe Tanya, um, Chicago guy. It, yeah, he, but him and his wife owned the the Taste, uh, in the Valley. Dude, it's not, it's, it's done now. But they had they were selling Italian beefs and pizza. The and Taste,
0: everything. uh, taste of, thats a more Taste of Chicago. Is that it?
1: Uh, no, it was just called the Taste. Um, that's a Morey on, Taste like, of Chicago.
0: Is his location here in
1: Vegas? Oh well, then they, oh they closed the one here.
0: They closed the one here so, too, but I don't know if it's. It might reopen after COVID. I'm not sure.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Is it in a casino or is it? Just no, it's a
0: just standalone? it's just on the uh, on like a strip mall. It's next to uh, a cool dive bar. I like so
1: nice.
0: Go in there and have a drink while waiting for a pizza to get made. You know, it's not bad. Um, no, but Liberty Heights, dude. Uh, that's a good movie because Joe Montana plays a Jewish numbers runner, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Adrian Brody and Ben Foster play his two sons, and it's like a coming-of-age story in like 1960s Baltimore.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Pretty good. I uh, you watching any good movies during this quarantine?
1: Um, I've been watching like I watched a lot of like Christmas crap, you know, right okay. around this time. Yeah. So we've been doing, we've been doing that. I re, I recently. And rewatched all the Star Wars movies. All of them. All of them. I hadn't seen the prequels since they came out, and I slept. Did you them.
0: go in episodic order or order of release?
1: We went in episodic order because we'd already we'd seen them all. Like, I I hadn't seen the last one. I hadn't seen the newest. The newest one. one? How'd you so, how'd you like that? I liked it. I liked really? them all. I mean, they're they're all they're all fine. I didn't
0: really things. like the the newest one, but I should probably rewatch it because like when I watched it. I saw it in the theater here in Vegas, and I didn't realize it was a 3D theater, and that kind of pissed me off because, like, I'm not a huge 3D fan. And that it can, was, be it can be annoying. It yeah, be, yeah, it's it's a it's a little much, you know. And like, it's
1: unnecessary for a movie like that. Too. Exactly,
0: <laughs> dude. Like, I don't need like for like the new Avatars. Like, I don't need to fucking see it in like the craziest 3D ever. Like, there's already a lot going ever. on there.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, Jay- well, I think.
0: James Cameron built a fifty thousand person city in New Zealand to make three, three sequels to Avatar,
1: to a movie nobody wanted.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I don't, I
1: don't think I, Avatar was awful. I did not care for that movie.
0: Yeah, most people didn't. I, I don't think I ever saw it
1: actually. <laughs> like,
0: but yeah, dude. But what's funny to me is yeah, he's making that? three sequels at once. It's not not like I. They did this with Back to the Future, where they made part two and part three at the same time, but. It's a trilogy. It was Superman
1: one and two too. Superman one and two.
0: Really? I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: That, they fired, and then they fired Richard Donner in the middle of Superman two.
0: Whoa! And then he ended up doing Goonies. And then that's right?
1: why that that's why Gene Hackman is not in Superman four or Superman three.
0: Three? That's what they replaced him with the Richard Pryor character. Is that the one?
1: Well, they replaced him with um a, an old a different guy, and then Richard Pryor was also in that movie. Yeah, because, yeah. But like, they felt. Margot Kidder isn't in 3, either. They felt th- they didn't like the way the director was treated.
0: So they ah. did this, they weren't
1: going to do 3, and then they came back for 4, I guess, which, I don't know why.
0: Kind of a weird move.
1: <laughs> the whole thing is weird. After Superman 2, it gets dicey and the World of Suits.
0: Well, I asked you about movies cuz um one um I just did a movie episode with Paul Danky a little bit ago and uh Love it's like Paul. episode 5 where we went over all our favorite Vegas movies and I I forgot one and dude, I forgot Go.
1: Oh my god, that's one of the I haven't seen that movie forever. But what was that?
0: 99? 99, I want to say. Yeah. I and I feel like
1: that movie came out just as I moved out here.
0: And Tay Diggs from Go follows me on Twitter. I'm thinking I need to get Tay Diggs on the show. <laughs>
1: Tay Diggs Tay Diggs follows me too. He's, he's a really interesting cat. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> uh dude, Jay Moore is in Go. Scott Wolf. Yeah, Scott is Wolf. In Go. Dude, uh
0: William Finchner plays the cop there in that scene with those guys, and he's one of my favorite, like, random character actor guys. Like
1: Dude, who's the is that the dude who? Who's the dude who tries to sell him Amway? That guy. That dude. That yeah. guy is awesome. Yeah, he's
0: <laughs> great. Every he he pops up and all. He usually plays like a sleazy like cop that's like I'm doing it by the book, but it, by the book's wrong, and I know it, but I'm doing it anyway. Like <laughs> if
1: being wrong is wrong, then I don't want to be right. But, okay, all right.
0: Uh, like, he usually like no, he's great. Uh, dude, Timothy Timothy Olymp- I can't I Oliphant. Oliphant. yeah. I always forget how to say yeah. his name. Dude, dude pre, I like that guy. Pre Justified and Pre Deadwood, he's in that. Like he's great, dude. He is fucking awesome. Dude. You ever watch Justified?
1: Uh, you know, I've started to try to watch it a bunch of different times and I feel like I just don't care enough.
0: Yeah, see here's what I like is it's one of those stupid shows I can throw on and um it's just good enough to uh watch but I don't have to be invested in the storyline at all. Each one's like a self-contained episode.
1: Yeah, I think what happened was I didn't, I didn't get invested in the characters, and by episode three, I was like, didn't care.
0: No, but I, I like that one because, like, you know what I watched during quarantine year was I watched all of Sons of Anarchy, and now, the,
1: that's a good soap opera for dudes.
0: Dude, now like the final couple of seasons of that was just pure hate watching on my part, like
1: every season was like, we got to get out of running guns. We're back running. Guns. Yeah, dude. And yeah. not you only that. Legit, you back in.
0: Literally every other like, okay, every other episode they have like a huge shootout in the middle of the fucking town where there's guns blazing and everybody and, and no one's it's like 18 kind of shit where maybe a couple guys get shot but no one gets hurt really too bad. There's No major casualties. No one gets arrested. No one ever gets arrested. But then they'll do like one murder per season where. That one's following them around now for the storyline. Like, are they going to get caught for that one? <laughs> Not
1: the town shootout, but the one they did in the woods that no one saw. Yeah,
0: that no one saw. That's the one that they're going to get in trouble for. Like, there's always stuff like that where it's just like, oh man, like, I can't, I can't take this anymore.
1: <laughs> I, the, I mean, yeah. By the end, it was just I was very much admitting that it was a soap opera for men. Yeah, because like I'm, I'm a cool. huge like,
0: Sopranos is probably is my all time favorite show. And and to me, what makes The Sopranos is the comedy on it. It really is like a highbrow, one-hour comedy. Because, like, Goodfellas and, okay, The Godfather shows what an insanely powerful boss, the the decisions that go behind that, right? Goodfellas showed us the day-in, day-out, like, schemes and hustles that these guys are pulling. The robberies, the... The cigarette bootlegging, all that kind of shit. The lower
1: right? guys on the, the total, the, yeah, the, how they rise up. Yeah, how
0: they make their money, how they get. The, but see, Sopranos is more about them hanging out, busting balls, eating deli meat, and that, and, to, and that's what makes I feel
1: it. Like those are my favorite things.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, that, like that's that's where I'm like, oh, I sitting, could definitely do this. Ball, <laughs> eating Deli meat, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. yeah. Oh, oh, then I don't have to. I can wear a tracksuit all day. Oh, this is definitely shaping up. <laughs>
1: Crime might not pay that well, but it's comfortable. Yeah, it's
0: very comfortable. And no, like, but see, that's where I, I mean, *The Sopranos* does show high-level decisions and the, the schemes and all that. But really, it shows like how, for the most part, these guys sit around doing nothing all day. <laughs>
1: for the and for the most part, like, is, is they might have some crime smarts, but most of them are dipshits.
0: Yeah, they're so. very very dumb. Like. Like, it, it, what's funny is, like, how these guys are, like, math geniuses on terms of, like, you owe me 60000 at 2.5 points per week, and you, so it's this much, and on the, if you don't bid, it'll be this much, like...
1: I put nothing on paper, I remember it yeah, all. Yeah, like,
0: dude, like, they got... They can do that, but, like, literally can't remember, like, their kid's birthday or whatever, like, it's, like, They can't, like, figure... Like, they...
1: They also, like, don't... <laughs> uh, there's, there's no, like... Uh, there's no... Culture. There's no deep culture with those guys. Like the Italian, there's Italian history and there's Italian culture, and there is like um you know Italians have done, and they just like I remember one episode. Tony's like, you know, Italian guy invented the phone, and then they <laughs> took it from him. <laughs> that, that was it. Like it was like that was like their only kind of like I don't know. It was just weird. It well, just and weird. to like, me, it's like there's always a good representation of the Italian people.
0: If you've ever known anybody that has been to prison. You, um like, there's always those guys that, have, like, go to prison, read two books in the ten years they're in there, and come out thinking, like, they fucking went to law school. Like, like they're experts on the planet now. Because
1: prior to that, they hadn't read anything. They had never
0: read anything, so it's like, oh. And it's like, the, it's because like, you always see, there's always, in every gangster movie, there's usually that dude, like, the, that character that... I'm the gangster that reads the Wall Street Journal. I'm more sophisticated than these guys. Like Johnny Did Sack was that it? on the Sopranos, like, like there's always like that guy. Like like and it's like, dude, that guy like in real life, that guy like he probably owns like a porno mag counterfeiting business. Well, like that's how he, he makes his paper. money. But that financial genius makes his money counterfeiting porno. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's reading a newspaper that's written at a fourth grade level. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> the intelligence it takes to read a newspaper isn't great. Like, no, it's no. not a great intelligence, but it's still like, he's the guy like, oh, look at the bookworm with the fucking Wall Street Journal. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Be wearing like a cardigan, like wearing a cardigan with like reading glasses, trying to make them. Look. I always like that when gangsters go on I trial. A cup of coffee. When like a gangster goes on trial and they'll fucking uh, all of a sudden they try and make him look like a school teacher. Where it's like the, in every other picture of it, like John Gotti or whatever, like every other picture they're wearing like ten thousand dollar suits. Fucking like, <laughs> like, this
1: meager, this man and his meager salary. How could he possibly commit?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear about, uh Chin Gigante? Like I, th- there's no one I want to play more than Chin Gigante in, in his life story. Uh, he was the boss of the Genovese family in New York, and he was. They called him the Odd Father because he walked around in a bathrobe. He was an old. He was a boxer. And when he was older, he was just pretending to be a punch drunk old man in his bathrobe, and he'd walk around talking to mailboxes to make the so the FBI guys watching him would see him doing all that. God, but then he'd get in a fucking like he he lived with his mom, but then he he'd go to his mom's house, and then like he, they'd see a, like a Cadillac pull up into like the garage, and he'd sneak in there. And then they'd see him exit, like, at a social club in a fucking badass suit, play craps. All. Like, he was a full-on gangster, but he acted like, by day, he pretended to be a mentally ill man walking around in his bathrobe in the neighborhood. Like, <laughs> like and it worked forever because he wouldn't let anybody in the family say his name. His name was, uh, he went by the chin because they were only allowed to point to their chin. When they were referring to him in a conversation, so his, he was never mentioned on wiretaps.
1: On the tape, yeah. And so, like,
0: he had gotten around it all, and for a while, they thought a completely different guy, uh, Fat Tony Salerno, was boss of the family, but it turns out he was running it the entire time. They, they literally thought he was just a fucking punch drunk boxer who was like batshit crazy talking to things. Like, wow. And wow. I think that would be a cool movie, and like, I think, and was he was, cool and he was also like, he, I, I kind of look enough like him. But he was also just a big tall guy, you know he was a, like a really big tall guy, so, like, so as uh, am i as might and also uh he famously uh was the uh, a failed assassin on former family boss Frank Costello, where he used cheap ammo and the fucking gun misfired and he got a shot off, but it grazed his head and but he never faced any repercussions for it, yeah, why not because he was fucking because he did it on orders from the new boss and so he took that Castello took that as a message. Hey, I'm stepping aside with my life, and and walked away from. Oh, really? Him. Yep. And Vito Genovese took over. This is the Lucky Luciano crime family. And so what so, happened? That guy.
1: Well, that guy was able to get out without Frank Costello just gets out.
0: Yeah, they they they, they let him retire, so to speak. because he still like had a lot of political capital for them, like he had a lot of policy. He was like known as like the the he was like kind of more of a parliament parliamentary mobster where like he was more of a negotiator type guy and it it wasn't worth it for them to murder him at such a high profile. Like once the failed hit went down because like they tried to kill him and then the hit didn't go. And it's like, it's not going to be, it's going to bring too much heat to do it again.
1: So he basically got a pass because they fucked
0: up. Yeah, and then also, like, because Costello's best friend or whatever, or closest ally on the commission at the time was Albert Anastasia, who was the craziest out of all of them. And when Albert Anastasia was murdered, Costello was no longer a threat. It was like, they did the Costello thing, and then they you know, killed Anastasia in the barbershop right away. And once he, Anastasia was gone, Costello knew he didn't have, like, major muscle behind him anymore, and that let Vito Genovese ride a power, but Lucky Luciano, who had been exiled to Italy, and Meyer Lansky, they teamed up with Carlo Gambino, who is now replacing Anastasia as head of that family. They teamed up to have Vito Genovese arrested on a heroin charge and sent to prison because they they were too, they were almost too afraid to try and have him killed because they knew it would be tough to fucking like he's he's too wary. They're not going to get him out in the open. They're not gonna, it's it's too difficult. Like so they had him sent the, They had a guy lie and say that he fucking. Bought heroin from him, and it was like they they basically this major boss that orchestrated like all this shit, the commission and all this stuff. But you know the Appalachia meeting where it's all the mobsters running through the forest at the beginning of analyze this, where it's like that. Okay, so Vito Genovese part of it was he tried to organize that meeting to call himself the boss of all bosses. When that meeting got raided, he lost all his respectability, and so they had him locked up for heroin. (laughs) Like, wow. Yeah, man. The history of the mafia is fascinating because it's like so much Did of it. You have was,
1: this before you moved out there. What's that? This fucking history of love. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I've been reading all these books since I was, like, in high school, dude. So, I mean, like, I always thought it was really interesting. Ever since I saw Goodfellas when I was a kid, you know, it's like, it was just like, ah, oh, man, this is. Because it's a whole separate world with a it's whole separate rules. But more importantly. Yeah. It's kind of an unwritten history of America in a lot of ways, like like the secret like they built Vegas, they built Vegas, or dude they built the modern record industry. You know, like they dude, there's a lot like of things that yeah, like they there's a lot of things that dude the movie studios even like they dude they were very involved in the old time movies and stuff. Like it's pretty crazy how it all like you, Joe Kennedy, like they always talk about his prohibition bootlegging ties with the mafia. But he also had a lot of Hollywood ties to the mafia, because they were both financing movies with their Prohibition fucking. Fund. I mean, it's like there's only so many things you can do when you make that kind of money in Prohibition. Funding movies is one of
1: well, them. Well, when you make the, when you make a ton of money doing anything, there's only so many places you can put it. That you know what I mean? Yeah, and for and, when, anything illegal, anything illegal. And but like
0: back then, good. dude, it was really easy to launder money through making a movie real fucking easy because it's like all right who cares if the thing flops we hired all these guys on as consultants and they got paid like
1: yeah and then it becomes like who's shadier than the mafia the fucking entertainment yeah the entertainment industry yeah it's a perfect mix it's like
0: it's like the new york mafia the hollywood uh like Studio bosses, and then and then the Washington D.C. senators are essentially all the same groups of shitheads.
1: (laughs) That's what I think is so funny when D.C. is like Hollywood is the cause of all our problems. Yeah, like yeah, you guys are the same people.
0: You, literally they're the people fucking saying we, we don't want anybody to go to work during this we also don't want to give anyone any kind of support to not go to work <laughs>
1: well, you can't have any money but don't go anywhere yeah. don't take any money you can't have any money but don't go anywhere
0: it is the biggest crock of shit military. it's crock shit man all right dude well i think that's about it i got for this episode um anything you want to plug on your way out buddy
1: um yeah you know it's the holidays i know things are tight people are strapped but if you're looking for any kind of comedy i got a new album that came out in april uh it's called compromise maturity and you can get it on amazon or itunes apple music or if you go to my website john huck j-o-n-h-u-c-k dot me m-e it's available through there
0: sweet yeah man i gotta check that out i always get the my friends albums and i rarely listen to them but i like this support. That's fair. <laughs> Dude, um, I'll
1: send it to you if you want it. You don't have to buy it. All right, yeah,
0: yeah, dude. I think I sent you uh, my uh, sketch album that I did last year. If I'm not mistaken, did I send you one of those? I had cassettes made.
1: What? I'm That's sitting cool. on a pile
0: of cassettes. Yeah, man.
1: I was gonna say how many you have made, though.
0: Oh, we only have like a hundred or so. I got fifty. Alex oh, got fifty. Okay, and I, I only gave out. I've only given out a few or so, and then a couple of people have bought them. But if anybody listening to this would like one of those cassettes, I will give it to you for free. And ship it to you for free if you subscribe to my Patreon on the $5 tier. So it's not free. It's just not free. <laughs> <laughs> if you subscribe and check out the bonus content where I'm going to have a new thing. I was telling John about it before we started recording. I think it's pretty cool, but it's going to be like a Friday night cocktail hour where me and uh, a round table will get together and it'll be like buddies drinking together at the bar. But a uh, show. And uh, I don't know what, what should we talk about on this? I I, th- I like to think I'm just gonna only talk about um, Ricky Henderson. Every episode is about Ricky. Henderson.
1: Every every cocktail hour is just about Ricky Henderson. Yeah, I'm gonna do 1,400
0: episodes on it for on for every one of his stolen bases. <laughs>
1: just you just describe each each stolen base, how it went down.
0: Dude, dude, dude. Hour. It'd be funny, I I could probably do that with like 30, like just 30 seconds, like start a feed and everyone's like 30 seconds. Like, all right, so bottom of the fourth, game 162 of the season, <laughs> Ricky <Really>? takes off.
1: <laughs> Literally, just the quick stats, like boom, first to second, you know what I mean? Like bottom of the third, two outs, <laughs> yeah. Ricky's on, you know what I mean? And then like- One for every soul
0: and base game. of his career. Like,
1: Dude, that'd be a quick, that'd be a quick, that'd uh, be a long- interesting clip to watch
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well thank you so much for uh sticking around for this interview everybody and thank you so much for you john for doing this man i appreciate it buddy
1: thanks
0: for having me yeah man it's always good to catch up and uh you know like this wasn't as vegas heavy as some of my other episodes but the inland empire route 66ers are on the way to vegas and i feel like uh I like to cover that vast expanse of desert highway between Los Angeles and you don't Las know, Vegas. Who will? Yeah, I don't know. Hunter S. Thompson, he's dead. <laughs>
1: and, and when and when and when this comes out, let me know and we'll I'll get you that video or you probably already have a video actually.
0: I think I do have uh, the video of it. But yeah, uh send it to me and uh, yeah, we'll get that up on yeah. the I'll put that up on the Patreon for free so people can see it there and decide if they want to see what else is over there. Thank you so much, everybody. And I am Scott Bowser, and goodbye. And that was John Huck, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this week's show. We'll be back with a couple new episodes next week with uh, Sean Green and Ben Berman. And then I got CJ Sullivan and more people lined up after that. Also, make sure you check out our Patreon. Uh, I should have a new episode up on that tomorrow with my friends and veterans social club. It's kind of like just hanging out at a bar and drinking with your friends. I enjoy doing it, and I hope you guys like it, too. So, please go over to patreon.com slash and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram at LuxSopsPod and join our Facebook group if that's your type of thing. Thank you so much, and we'll be back next week.